these kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. <laughs> Somebody's out there. Somebody. Or something. <laughs> Saber's coming. Come on, man, we gotta go. Saber's hungry. You'll stay out of the basement. I must have your beautiful hands. Oh, wow, this is going to be a great episode. Welcome to Welcome to Deadcast. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery. And this is Daniel Montgomery. (laughs) And today we're talking about Teacher's Pet. I want to be Teacher's Pet. I want to be huddled and cuddled as close to you as I can get. Teacher's pride. I wanna be teacher's pride. <laughs> if you don't know what that's from, then neither do we. No, it's from Waiting for Guffman. I know, but I don't know where it's from before Waiting for Guffman. <laughs> There's nothing before Waiting for Guffman. Oh, that's true. So, you guys, we are on the second short story of Tales to Give You Goosebumps. If you remember last episode, we introduced Tales to Give You Goosebumps 10, A Scary Stories. And this is the second one of the first series of that. And there is a television episode as well, so we're going to talk about the short story Teacher's Pet and the corresponding TV episode. The TV episode is so different from the short story. Yes, it's very different. And I can't remember ever having watched it. In fact, today I feel like it's the first time I may have ever seen it. Oh, wow. I I know I've seen it at least once before, but... I think I've seen it at least twice before, but probably not more than that. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why. This one's actually pretty scary at some points, especially if you're scared of snakes. Snakes. I said out loud as we were re-watching the episode, snakes are scary. They are. They are scary. They give me a good fright. Ooh. So let's jump into this short story first. Yes, God. So our short story is about two kids, Benji and Becca, and they're best friends. And they're, even though they're boy, uh, even though it's a boy and a girl isn't that crazy that's not so they're best friends because they like all the same stuff basketball and baseball and cooking i guess i like cooking no no i don't think i like any of those i don't think i'd be friends with benji or becca even though she is a girl it's the first day of sixth grade sixth Sixth grade grade. and they're walking to school together and sixth grade is going to be so cool and so fun because sixth graders get to go camping for a whole week that's a long time I know. I really can't believe it. I really can't believe it. And they, you know, it's the first day of school. They're so excited. They're supposed to have super cool teacher, Miss Wenger. But when they walk in, they don't have no Miss Wenger. They have Mr. Blankenship. Now, I actually had a teacher named Mr. Blankenship. You did? Mm-hmm. Did he look like this? Um, no. This Mr. Blankenship is really tall and really skinny and almost bald and has a weird turtleneck with beige black and brown diamonds all on it basically he looks like a a tall long snake wait a second is he like a total snake now he loves snakes and in fact he loves them so much that there are tanks filled with snakes all over the classroom think tank now, Becca, Becca, who, who's, who is basically our protagonist here, Becca is scared of snakes in general, and specifically these snakes, she says because of their eyes, Ooh, which I think is... she's not going to like 
Mr. Blankenship. No, I don't think so. I think that's such an interesting detail. She doesn't like their black, diamondy, beady snake eyes. There's so many things not to like about snakes. Now, in my front- boyfriend last year, I had a boyfriend for 24 hours last year, and um, I didn't know him very well, and that led to horrible things. Um, but he got a pet snake, and what? he would post videos on his Insta story that I stopped watching of when it was feeding time for his snake. What? I know. That's one of the many reasons I dumped his sorry ass. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding about the snake part. Forget the relationship stuff. But like, he was like... I don't like that. Yes. In fact, one of the turnoffs for me was he was too into snakes. What? Yeah. How come I never knew this? There's a lot you don't know. Mr. Blankenship feeds this tiny, cute little white mouse to one of the snakes in front of the whole class, and it swallows the mouse whole. And I'm like, um, what... I can't handle that. No, I don't like that. I don't. I don't want to hear that. I like. The, is, and I is, certainly don't want to see it or be in a relationship with that. No, is this supposed to be for kids or what? Like, stop killing tiny little mice. Yeah, tiny I little. don't like it. Mm. So, Mr. Blankenship only teaches about snakes. Like <laughs> snake in, school. In every subject, he manages. He manages to talk about snakes. Every single one. And each day, he adds. Like, it seems like there are more and more tanks of snakes in the room, <laughs> except for this huge empty tank that's behind his desk. And Becca's like, gosh, I wonder what that's for. Maybe it's a giant python. I can't figure out where the story is going. One night, Becca has this terrible nightmare about snakes getting to her in the middle of the night and wrapping themselves tightly around her body and squeezing her to death. No, that's too scary. I turned to Dan when we were watching this episode, and I said, besides eyes, one of the scariest things about snakes is their bodies because their bodies are dry and warm, and they rub all over your legs all dry and warm. I'm all of a sudden starting to love snakes. Oh. One day at school, Melissa Potter accidentally bumped into the cage that has the mice in it. And she, and one mouse ends up getting free and escaping out the window. And Mr. Blankenship is so furious <sighs> that the, one, of the, one of the mice gets away that he punishes the whole class. And, you know, he was like, that was a snake dinner. I'm punishing you. No, 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 no. And Becca mumbles to, to Benji. She's like, what is his problem? Mr. Blankenship hears that and says, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, girl? You're going to have to stay and clean the snake tanks for two weeks after school. Every Bitch. day. And Becca's like, oh, man. That's so unfair. All I did was mumble under my breath, and now I've got detention snake tank cleaning for two weeks. I'm going to come up with a plan to get him back. So she and Benji decide that one night they're going to let all the mice loose to get back at Mr. Blankenship for punishing her or something. Operation Mouse Rescue. They decide that it's going to take place on Thursday night when their parents are out playing bridge. Uh-huh. So Becca and Benji go to school that night. Uh, the trees, it's its kind of sexy. The trees are shivering. Fat brown leaves are falling from Did them. Did you guys get that? You make sure, make, remember that they're fat and they're brown, okay? And <laughs> they go around the back of the school and they find that the window to Mr. Blankenship's classroom um, he, they find that the window's open, and I guess he always leaves one of the open windows open for fresh air for the snakes. When God closes a door, he opens a window. That's true to let in fresh air for the snakes. Yes, that's right. So they climb into the window and they make their way to the snake cage, and they see these tiny lights all around the classroom. And Becca realizes it that they, realizes that they're not tiny lights; they're the glowing snake eyes. Snake eyes. And she, they, they sort of distract Becca. She's so shook by them that she bumps into a table and knocks over a glass tank, and it. Shatters 
shatters on the ground and two snakes escape and start slithering towards and her. And then I start screaming. So, And she turns to run and then accidentally runs into another snake cage. And a black snake pops out and opens its jaws and shoots towards her. So they've made a huge <laughs> mess of uh, Operation Mouse Rescue. And they, she and Benji both decide to run. And they have flashlights, by the way. And as they're running away from this big black snake, they their eyes, their flashlights, and their eyes, I guess, land on this that big glass cage behind the desk. And they see that this time this the, ca- the, the cage is not empty. In fact, there's a giant gray and black cobra with red gleaming eyes in the cage. Too scary. And this big old snake opens its jaws. It opens its jaws and hisses at them and sort of starts to rise out of the cage, standing over them. And this snake is over six feet tall now. And as it rises up, its skin shifts and stretches and widens and grows arms and legs. And it's actually Mr. Blankenship. Completely naked. And they howl and scream and dive through that open window and run all the way home. Was this anything like your Mr. Blankenship? Um, Very close. Yes. The next day at school, Mr. Blankenship is completely normal. Doesn't say a thing about it. They completely ignore the fact that they saw him absolutely naked standing with red gleaming eyes in front of them. And... But after school, he makes the two of them stay. Say, hey, Benji and Becca, would you stay, please? And as he says that, his dark eyes glow excitedly and he rubs his hands together. No, please. So he makes a deal with them. He says, I won't tell anyone that you broke into the school if you can keep Keep my my secret. secret. Oh, and also you have to bring in white mice to feed me every afternoon. Beck and Becca's like, oh God, okay. And Becca, they agree to do this to keep a secret. And Becca says, God, she hates the way those mice wriggle and squirm as she holds up their pink tails to feed him. Matthew, would you read the first and last paragraph of this short story, please? Sure. Here's the first paragraph and the last paragraph of the twelve-page short story, Teacher's Pet. <laughs> do you like snakes? If you are in Mister Blankenship's class, you have to like snakes or you're in major trouble. Here you go, Mr. Blankenship. Open wide. That's it, you guys. That's it, you guys. There's not really too much to this story. In fact, when I was rereading this one, I thought there was a darker twist at the end. There's not really much of a twist. It's just that Mr. Blankenship is a snake. Yeah, I think... But, like, what happened to Miss Wanger? Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, it's a silly, sweet, short story. And we haven't really fucked with snakes a whole lot in this in the Goosebumps series yet. No, we were practically begging to. We were practically begging for snakes. Now, let's talk about the TV episode. The TV episode has a lot more story than that, I feel like. Oh, it's very different, I believe, from the short story. It's very strange and crazy. So, so it starts off well, with Well, let me tell let me <sighs> let me give the details. <sighs> okay. It's important. Season, this was season three, episode 17. It was the last episode of season three. Mm. It was after that trilogy, the Goosebumps trilogy, oh. which were three original episode TV episodes that did not come from any books. And are not great. <laughs> and it aired on May 16th, 1998. 19? And some quick trivia. Richard McMillan, who plays Mr. Blankenship, is the actor that played Spidey in Say Cheese and Die. Oh, I can see that now. Yes. And Spidey. the actress that played Becca, her name is Michelle Reese. She 
died after they finished filming the episode. She died of meningitis in 1997 when she was only 16. So when the episode aired, she was dead. Oh my God, that's crazy. And the the episode has a little card at the end of it that says, you in know, love in loving it. in loving memory of Michelle Reese. Can you believe that? And she does a she does a good job. Yeah, she's fine. Now the episode starts off with it's Benji and Becca who are out in the middle of the woods. And in this They're like on a school trip? Yes, it's a school like field trip to like spend the night. Maybe it's this you know, in the short story that's like they get to go camping for a week, and this is presumably what that camping trip might have been. So it's Benji and Becca are like best friends walking through the woods. Their teacher's name is Mrs. Crandall. And Mrs. Crandall's kind of like, you know, yelling at everyone, like, okay guys, let's go into the woods and, and stick together. And we're going Becca's for a hike. Like, she, Becca says something a little in, like Oh yes. At the very beginning. It's the very first line, actually. They they get off a bus and they're in these gorgeous autumn you know, autumn leaved trees. Yeah, there is beautiful foliage, gorgeous foliage. And Rebecca says something like, "Can you hear that? The sound of the wind." She says, um, "The wind is the cries of. If you listen very carefully, you can hear the cries of tormented souls." And Benji literally is like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And she goes, mm, "It's a legend." <laughs> listen. So what? The wind. If you listen closely, you can hear the cries of tormented souls. Yeah? How do you know? It's an old legend. I was like, it's a legend that wind is actually the cries of tormented souls? It's true, Daniel. If you ever go in the woods and you listen to the wind, it's really the cries of the dead. I think I love that. Yes, I do kind of love it. So they're like walking through the woods to get to like the meeting center or something. And as they're walking, she's like, oh no, my locket. I dropped my locket to where is my locket? And even to set this up a little more, like there's like eerie music playing, you know, like in the background. And we get a lot of POV sort of camera movement from something that appears to be on the ground sort of stalking them a lot of this episode. And and this is not like a sunny episode either. It's like a cloudy Canadian rain cloud woods. But yes. Oh no, my, my locket. My grandmother got it for me for my birthday. We have to go find it. So Becca and Benji separate from the rest of the group to retrace their steps and hopefully find her locket. And she finds it pretty quickly. It's kind of sparkling up, her, up at her from the ground. She picks it up. She's like, oh good, my locket. Or she goes to grab for it. And like the and branches around it shake. There's like a rustling in the like leaves on the ground and things like that. And you know, there's foreboding tones and we're like oh no what is it and when I was watching I was like it's a motherfucking snake that's going to be snapped at those fingers but it's not a snake that she finds instead it's a cute white bunny rabbit and so she reaches down to pick up the rabbit and she's like oh I can't believe I was scared of you but then when she looks at that bunny rabbit's face it doesn't have the face of a bunny it has a face of a CGI lizard yeah it's a lizard sort of face and you know it's a scream moment she freaks out everybody comes running towards her because they hear the scream and she's like uh, it's a rabbit with a lizard face and mrs crandall's like oh what is this another tale from becca thompson uh, no and everyone laughs the girl who cried lizard face so they get they manage to make it to the nature center or something or like the meeting place of the nature center and mr blankenship is he's this there. guy that's he's like the, in charge he's the wildlife director is what they call him he's wearing a bucket hack and glasses and he has a turtleneck and he looks like spidey and he kind of he looks like spidey and a snake put together oof and he, he you know he like 
has this cage that has like or he has some there's like a it's like a glass case underneath like a blanket like a sheet or something like he pulls it aside and, and it's a snake in the cage and he talks about how amazing snakes are and how great they are at adapting and surviving and then he takes them go, goes to another cage takes out a little mouse and releases the mouse into the wilderness releases the snake and the the class has to watch the snake uh, eat this mouse it all happens off screen but my ex-boyfriend would have loved this <laughs> I even though it's just sound effects i don't like it i don't like it either in fact my jaw dropped and i thought it was a bit shocking for children's television me too and he was and mr blankenship even says you know this happens every second in the woods like get used to it or whatever and and they're basically learning about the food chain and so miss mrs crandall's like okay everyone take a clipboard and a compass and break off into groups and you have an hour to go out in the woods and find other examples of the food chain and report back and so of course beck and bent you're gonna go together so they start walking through the woods and they find this old cabin that says restricted access no trespassing so they decide to break in yes the first thing that happens when they open up the cabin door is cartoon bats come flying out because it wouldn't be a goosebumps television episode short story or book without bats in it somewhere and they can again even after the the, they break in and they're warned by these bats they decide to go inside and look around Mm -hmm. against everyone's better judgment and they see like some test tubes with worms in them and nothing that crazy i don't think yeah they start i mean like there's like a cage with a snake in it and like it looks like old sciencey experiments kind of thing but becca picks up this test tube and something moves in it so she drops it and a very normal looking worm just sort of crawls out of it but like there's kind of a weird sound effect with it yeah if you really listen i guess there's kind of an ambiguous sound effect Oh no, we got to clean up this glass. And I think it's spo- like this weird worm is supposed to be scary or something. Yeah. I don't know. But they see, like, they start Meanwhile, looking for things to clean up. While this they're glass. looking for things to clean up the glass, there's a POV shot um, from the woods that is low towards the ground and it is speeding towards, zigzagging, evil speeding dead. towards. Yes, very evil dead, speeding towards where the restricted cabin is. And of course, it's presumably a snake that's on its way to snatch them up real tight. And speaking of snakes, as they're looking for like a broom or something, they open a closet and there are a bunch of hanging snakeskins, like really big snakeskins. And they look real, actually. And uh, very soon, a snake, the snake that was in that cage that they saw, just gets out of the cage and sort of starts stalking them. It's very big, and they freeze up, and it's crawling towards them. It crawls up on a table towards them, and it's pretty scary. Yes, it's actually. I mean, they, they don't they don't CGI any of these snakes. It's all real fat snakes that are coming towards these two young young children. And to distract it, Becca, there's a cage with a mouse in it, of course. And Becca takes the cage and puts it on the ground and opens it so a mouse escapes as a distraction for them. Like, then the snake turns towards the mouse instead of towards them. And Good Becca you, and Becca, Benji... Yeah. Applying what you learned in class earlier. An example of the food chain. Yeah. So Becca and Benji use that a distraction as a, a chance to escape, but 
we are led to believe that the snake turns around and chases them very fast through the woods and they're running through the woods and there's just branches shaking behind them like it's the snake racing through the trees chasing them. There's also these like two supporting girls that don't really have names that are like classmates of theirs that we cut to a few times who are like eye-rolly best friends and they like earlier when the the snake eats the mouse they think it's cool or whatever and these two girls we'll call them Betty and Veronica. Betty and Veronica are like chilling in the woods or whatever when Becca and Benji <laughs> come running up to them and they're like like they're like Betty Veronica you have to save us this giant snake's coming after us. Oh god. Miss Lunch. Bunny you saw this morning? She's telling the truth. We found this old cabin. With these, these flying things and they made this like And then the snake came out of nowhere and Oh yeah, and he's chasing the killer bunny. <laughs> no, wait! Sorry, the cabin! It's no use. And of course, because Becca Thompson's always telling her stupid stories, no one believes her at all. And Betty and Veronica run off hands and hand, ha- holding hands, and then they kiss under a tree. <laughs> and they all laugh, and they're like, oh, Becca, you're just making that up. Cut to that night. There are... They're literally, like, I don't... Okay, here, here's what's up, you guys. I don't know much about camping, okay? Like, I don't know. I'm not a camper. I don't do that. But, like, when you go camping, don't you, like, be in a tent? Like... I don't want to do that. But, like... I, these kids are like literally sleeping on the ground, like next to like a campfire. Is that okay? Like with a pillow and like blankets. Like in the fucking dirt, like on the ground. Like do people do that? I really, I, I can't answer that for you. I hope they don't because that's like not. Because things like fun. this could happen. Becca's asleep and just a tarantula walks next to her face. And she freaks out, and when not when she freaks out, she she feels that her senses it wakes up, freaks out, and then looks down, and not only is there a tarantula crawling next to her face, there's a big fat snake crawling over her body. <laughs> I do love this sequence though because I it's love it so too. ridiculous. This is the part I always think of when I think of this episode. When oh, I really? always think of this episode. No, I don't remember this part at all. But like, so Mrs. Mrs. I mean, Crandall wakes up. Mrs. Crandall wakes up, crawls over because she's sleeping in the dirt next to her, and like goes over and it's like, Becca, Becca, you're having a bad dream. You're having a nightmare. And Becca's like, what? And Mrs. Crandall's like, it's okay, Becca, here. No, she says, no, Be- she says, you need to go back to, just go back to sleep. And Becca goes, no, I can't, I can't. And Mrs. Crandall says, okay, maybe this will help then. She turns away and then turns back around and she's, <laughs> she's, she's holding the bunny. She's holding the bunny with the <laughs> snake face. And, it's and shoves ex- it in Becca's face. And shoves it in Becca's face. But it's the expression on Mrs. Crandall's face that really... <laughs> Mrs. Cr- like, the, the actor that's playing Mrs. Crandall, I guess, was directed to just have, like, a dead, like, dead inside zo- zombie face. <laughs> so she just, like, very politely reaches behind her, says, maybe this will help, and then turns around, and it's just, like, it's a really silly, ridiculous scare moment of... Quang. Becca, it was just a dream. What's going on? Go back to sleep, Kelly. Okay, no, you're right. Try to go to sleep. I can't. Okay, maybe this will help. I also, dream sequences are always successful in Goosebumps books for as far as I'm concerned. In, I agree. In television episodes, they're always fun. Anyway, so of course it was the double dream. So she wakes up and is like, you know, waking up from that nightmare. And for even though it's the middle of the night, she decides the only thing Becca can do at this point to calm herself down is to wake Benji up and drag him back to that cabin in the middle of the night. I'd like to point out this, why she does that though. Because yeah. it's very quick and I, I, I always try and want to pick up everything, right? And Becca says... Some weird noise, I guess, happens, like some vague sound effect. And she wakes up Benji and says, I heard that noise again. 
and it, pre- it presumably was the same noise that that worm made when it was like fell out of the when the test tube shattered on the ground because when she runs into Betty and Veronica if you remember Matthew she says we were in this cabin and we heard like this th- we heard this terrible noise that went like this and I guess I don't know what that noise is, but that is the reason why she's like, "Oh, I hear that noise. I hear that noise in the woods." We have Benji. We have to go find out what that noise is. Uh huh. It doesn't make no sense. So they go back to the cabin, of course, with their flashlights in the middle of the night, and they just look around some more. But this time, when they open up, like you know, the the cabinets or whatever that are in there that hold the snakeskin, they start to see things they didn't notice before, like jars with cloudy water that says things like rabbit amino acids. Or like one jar says monkey slash owl. And the other one says fly amino acids. And they're like, what? And next thing they know, Mr. Blankenship shows up at the door. And tells him that they're trespassing. He says, you're trespassing. And he was like, I'm sorry for snapping at you kids, but you see, this is very important research that I'm doing here. I've been crossbreeding animal species. And he goes, imagine a turtle with the speed of a cheetah. Isn't this like a familiar concept, Daniel? Like, haven't we seen this before? I mean, it makes makes me think of trouble too. It makes me think of stay out of the basement. basement. You know, and it seems like, you know, the the short story didn't go in this direction. This is strictly no, for the television episode, but I feel like they're kind of like stealing ideas that we've already kind of seen a little bit in Goosebumps episodes before. And Mr. Blankenship says, you know, I'm sorry, I can't let you go. You see, I've created a new dominant species, the ultimate predator, and you're the prey. And then his face stretches, and it's kind of horrifying, actually. And I thought he was going to turn to a giant snake, but he just turns into like a regular snake. Like, there's no real crossbreeding here. It's not like there's like this giant it's like basically just like a snake with the mind of Mr. Blankenship. And so all his clothes flop down and all of a sudden he's like a boa constrictor that starts coming towards them. And they, th- there's this moment where he disappears into this pile of clothes and they like peek into the clothes and they're like, what's happening? And the light bulb in the cabin is like flickering on and off. And presumably when the light flickers off, the snake from the clothes has moved and all of a sudden it's hanging above them from the ceiling. And it's kind of messy, but, and it swings down towards Benji and is about to sort of, uh, like, attack Benji. And so Becca decides to grab the jar that says fly amino acids on it, and she just kind of splashes it on Mr. Blankenship Snake. And there's literally an electric spark and light in the cabin goes out and it causes like some kind of electrical reaction when it hits the snake. And it like causes the snake to sizzle or something. And what's left is just the snake's skin. And they're like, whoa, that's weird. Then they hear a mysterious buzzing sound, but they're not going to worry about that right now. They're just going to get out of there. So they leave. And then it's cut cuts to the next day. They're getting back on the bus to leave. And Betty and Veronica are complaining about them getting... So they're, they're, they're getting ready to leave, mm. and Mrs. Crandall's wandering right. around saying, I wonder where Mr. Blankenship is. Oh, well. And so Becca and Benji are like, should we say something? And, and Benji's like, hell no, girl. Let's just get on the bus and get the fuck out of here. And Betty and Veronica are complaining that they're getting bitten by something. They're, they're like, like oh. I can't believe I've been out here all, you know, for as long as you've been out here and didn't get a single bite. And I've gotten 10 already this morning. It's causing this strange rash. And she starts scratching her arm and we see that her arm looks like snakeskin. Clearly. 
like very clearly her whole forearm is snakeskin. Gross. Very gross. And then they're on the bus. And we see like kind of like a buzzing fly POV right. that kind of buzzes its way onto the bus. And uh, Benji and Becca are sitting there saying, wow, what a crazy trip. You know, I guess, I don't know, but I guess Mr. Blankenship won't be bugging us anymore. Cut to. Cut to. There's a fly on the seat in front of them. With a warped computer animated. Computer stretched blank Mr. Blankenship Blankenship head. Just like a fly with a human head. And goes, you got that wrong. I'm glad that's over. Well, Blankenship won't be bugging us anymore. (sighs) You got that wrong. That's the end of the episode. In loving memory of Michelle Reese. <laughs> what 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 happens in the last five minutes of this episode? I I I don't know. They they have a lot of ideas, and then like are Betty and Veronica turning into snakes now because they were bitten by this fly? That's Mister Blankenship. Yes, I guess because if you just take a jar of burning hot amino acids that are from a fly somehow, a jar full of them. And you splash it on a snake, it magically pop turns that human snake into a human fly. And when that human fly is going to bite or sting people, it's going to turn those people into snakes. Uh, Would amino, like a jar of amino acid burn? Absolutely not. And also, is there so such thing as a jar of amino acid? I think this episode's a dud. <laughs> I think it's a dud, and I'm not going to watch it again anytime No, I'm soon. not going to watch it again. But I will say, I think there are worse television episodes from full books than there are of this short story. I think there's some scary moments in that moment with Mrs. Crandall turning around with the, here, maybe this will help Bunny. It kind of saves the whole thing in a way. It is. It, it sticks out to me, and it, it, it does fill me. It does spark joy. I always think about... When I think of Goosebumps short stories, I'm like, okay, there's the snake one. That's teacher's pet. Like, in my mind, it's always like, this is the snake one, the teacher snake one. You know, it's a, I'm glad there is a, a short story about snakes because it is, a, it is a common fear. It should happen. I'm glad it's not a full story. No, it shouldn't be a full story. And I think... I think the short story itself is fine. I would have liked a little bit more, uh, even uh, possibly even a nastier twist. And I wish the television episode would have had less. Yeah. If they could just, like, combine the two like it was a snake and a human and took the best parts. Yes, that would have been more successful. Woo! The, um, the next episode, or the next, well, actually, the next episode and next short story, Tales of Give You Goosebumps, is going to be Strained Peas. You scared of babies? Oh, you will I'm be. terrified of babies. Same. God, there's so many greatest hits in these Tales to Give You I Goosebumps. No, it is just chock full. I absolutely love. You guys should say hey if you want. You can email us at welcome to deadcast yes. at gmail.com, or you can say hey to Matthew at on Instagram at Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery, or you can say hey to him on Twitter as iRobotUJane. Yeah, and you can also say hi to Daniel on Instagram at Daniel X Montgomery and then his Twitter is Daniel Montgomery without the E. Yeah, that's right. The E in Montgomery. That's right. But if you just search Daniel Montgomery, I'm there. I wish we had more time to spend with you guys, but see, I'm stuck in this itchy, tight skin and I've got to shed my snake skins and go find a little pink mouse to eat. I'm sorry. Oh, no. (laughs) Sick. Parcel tongue. Mm, Just a couple parcel mouths. That's sweet. That's that's we are. Well, we will see you guys next we'll time. See you next see you guys time. time. If, if you, you dare.
Teacher, teacher, I love you. 